You're listening to Are You Happy Business Podcast on Captivate. Hello, Are You Happy Podcasts. I'm very excited for this guest today. Thank you for being on the podcast, Devin Thorsby. Um, she's here from U.S. News and World Report. She's um, been writing for them as mostly in the real estate industry. Um, she's been in the real estate industry for 10 years and then been with U.S. News and World Report for 7.5. And all of her work there pertains to real estate. And today we're going to be talking mostly about what she's been doing these past few months, which is developing um, the best places to live ranking. It's very exciting stuff. It's, a, it's ranked between 1 and 150, all the best places to live in the States. I mean, Devin, would you mind taking it away and sort of telling us how you got to work with U.S. News and World Report and also what you're doing for the company? Yes, thank you so much for having me on today. Uh, my my origin is uh, really, I when I finished college, I was looking for a job, found a job working uh, in research for real, a real estate company. And I found the real estate industry to be really interesting, but did not personally want to become a broker of any sort. I didn't think it was a good fit for me. Uh, but I found the information about transactions and the way deals go down to be very fascinating. And at the time, I had a friend who was working at U.S. News and World Report and knew that they were looking to hire a full-time real estate reporter. And uh, thought that my real estate background and the journalism background that I had from college uh, would be a perfect fit. And uh, that's how I started at U.S. News and World Report. I've since become real estate editor and we're a much bigger team than it was when I first started. Uh, but we write all about uh, pretty much anything you can think of when it comes to your home, buying, selling, renting, uh, home improvement. Uh, so I've written stuff about, you know, uh, why people are concerned that the housing market might crash and why you don't necessarily want to do uh, things like what's in your crawl space. <laughs> why is it kind of scary? In there? Uh, so I covered the whole gamut. It's funny you mentioned CrossFit. It's a funny coincidence because I worked for a company for a couple of years called um, Connecticut Basement Systems, where they like um, fix up crawl spaces. And if it's moisture, if there's moisture down there, they're able to dry it up and waterproof it. So it's funny that you mentioned that. But um, I am curious to know. I guess it's a good opener whether you think um, the housing market is going to crash or is on the decline, and and what what your sort of predictions are. Yeah, I, I do not think the housing market is going to crash. I think we are kind of in a in-between phase right now. Um, we're seeing a lot more localized markets compared to uh, the earlier days of the pandemic, where kind of everything was just hot everywhere all the time. Pretty much any house that you saw was getting multiple offers. Um, different markets are, are up and others are down when it comes to median price. Uh, but for the most part, I think, uh, home buyers are adjusting to kind of a new reality when it comes to mortgage interest rates. And home sellers are not quite there yet, but are considering it. Um, a lot of people are locked into very low rates. So a lot of homeowners have no interest in selling in the near future just because they don't see a need to uh, sell their home and then get another one for a higher mortgage interest rate. Uh, but for the most part, I think we're likely to see um Maybe a little bit more of a dip in terms of prices in the next few months, but then we'll probably see relatively or at least hopefully modest price growth. So it's not too overwhelming for home buyers, but still um, a good deal for sellers as well. It makes a lot of sense. And I honestly haven't heard that perspective enough of people not wanting to sell because they have a good deal with their mortgage. Um, I'm, I'm sure when people ask the question, 
of what they think, what you think the housing market is going to do. A lot of it is hard to say because it's like state by state and region by region. Um, is there a particular region that you know about that there's like that you anticipate growth or or what is, is is there a region you could speak on that you have um, more information on about what they're um, what's going to happen with the housing market there? Yeah, um, being a part of U.S. News and World Report, we definitely write on a we have a national readership, so we try to write nationally, which is kind of hard for real estate because, like you said, it is very local and and varies a lot. Um, I'm located in the Washington, D.C. area, so that's probably the area that I'm most familiar with just because we bought a house here. Um, and so I, I pay attention to that. Um, I would say Washington, D.C. is certainly one of those places that, and similar to a lot of places throughout the country, um, has a massive housing shortage. So you're not seeing big drops in prices here for the most part, even in this kind of slowdown since mortgage interest rates rose. Uh, just because there aren't enough homes. So people who are ready to purchase a home, who can afford to purchase a home, ultimately are willing to pay a little bit more uh, because otherwise they don't have anywhere else to go. They have to go farther out into the suburbs and uh, builders aren't building quite as quickly as they were before. So the expectation there is probably that things will continue more expensive in Washington, which is great in some ways as a homeowner, but not great in other ways as a person who doesn't want to have to pay more. <laughs> Did you did you purchase a single family or is it a multi? Uh, it's actually I live in a uh, it's a row house, so it's a three story kind of narrow townhouse, and and we purchased the lower half of it, so it was split into we're part of a two unit condo association with us and our upstairs neighbors. Interesting. Um, what do you think? So if you had to live anywhere in the states, and you have a lot of information. Um, where where would you live in terms of? If you were to prioritize the um, like financial, like not really emotional or happiness, but mostly just financial peace, where do you think is a good spot to invest or live? Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially looking at kind of what trends we see come out in best places to live, because affordability is certainly an aspect of that. Um, and this probably doesn't sound very surprising, but I would say either uh, parts of the South and parts of the Midwest are probably your best bet in finding less expensive housing. Um, and in terms of when it comes to the cost of things like groceries and other goods and services, those typical costs you have on a daily basis, um, parts of the Midwest and the South are, are your best bet. Um, in terms of the most affordable place to live, we're seeing uh, this year is Hickory, North Carolina. Uh, so it's a little bit off the beaten path. It's a smaller metro area in North Carolina compared to the likes of Charlotte or Raleigh and Durham. but uh, it certainly uh, attracts people there and is, is very low cost when you're looking at housing, as well as um, the, those costs of things like groceries and other things. Interesting. Can you, you said best places to live in this answer. I know that's something that you've been working on a lot lately, and I'm very excited to learn about that in the podcast today. What is best place best places to live, and what goes into the um, the 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 indexes and all of that? Like, can you give us the rundown, and then we can get into depth. Um, yes, absolutely. Uh, the best places to live is our effort at helping people find all of the information that they're hoping to find when they're considering moving to a new part of the country, a new state, a new metro area, even if it's within their home state, providing all of that information in one place. So we looked at kind of the things people consider to be their biggest priorities when it comes to moving. So 
uh, job market and whether they'll be able to make money where they where they move. Affordability, so there's that housing, the cost of goods and services, quality of life, whether you will be able to enjoy your time there, and that quality of life is it factors in a lot of details from uh, high school, quality of high school education, quality of health care, youth time, crime rates, all those details, and then. Uh, our last effect that we have is desirability, whether you actually want to move. And so that factors in, we survey people and simply ask, where would you live given the choice? And so we get information from that. We also look at weather and, you know, we want a place that's not too hot because people don't like too hot, uh, but also not too cold because a lot of people have trouble with uh, long winters. Uh, so we factor all of that information and we come out with the, the rankings, which uh, we look at the 150 most populous metro areas in the U.S., according to the census, and we calculate the information from there. Of course, other people, uh, people might have different priorities, and so they can take a look at this information and kind of see what places fit best with their priorities as well. So I'm curious, what are what are like top 10, out of the top 10, like what do you, um, as far as you remember, what are they? Um, I'm sure you know what number one is, but what are some of the best places to live? Yeah. Um, and also, like, add on to the answer and let us know what you think is the main driving factor that that brought their ranking up so high. Absolutely. Um, I can I can give you a bit helps a countdown from ten to one, um, and then I'll kind of explain kind of what those trends that we see within them. Uh, number ten is Fayetteville, Arkansas. Number nine, Colorado Springs, Colorado. Number eight, Charlotte, North Carolina. Number seven, Portland, Maine. Number six, Naples, Florida. Number five, Sarasota, Florida. Number four, Boulder, Colorado. Number three, Raleigh and Durham, North Carolina. Number two, Huntsville, Alabama. And number one, Green Bay, Wisconsin. And uh, some things that we see in there, I, there is some variation and you see some outliers, but in that top 10 in particular, we found that the uh, places that reached those top 10 in a lot of situations, not every single one, were offering affordability and that, you know, housing, housing costs were relatively low, as well as quality of life. That's something that people really value. They want to make sure that they're going to be happy when they move somewhere new. And quality of life is really uh, where we see those factors that people consider most important. So when a place like Green Bay scores well, across all of the categories or almost all of those categories for quality of life, asking, you know, are, are your kids going to get a good high school education and you feel confident about that? Um, are crime rates relatively low so that you feel safe? And then, of course, there's the, uh, as you mentioned, happiness or well-being score as well, which is based on a survey simply asking people how they feel about what they um, And that's where quality of life, those scores become most important. That's awesome. I'm honestly surprised by a lot of those names. And I'm I'm glad they're not like the the most common places to live. Like, I don't know, like Austin, Texas, for example, is a place that I've been looking at. Seems like everybody's happy over there, but the affordability piece is definitely not there. And that's probably what drives it out of that top 10. I am curious about why um, North Carolina, like uh, why Charlotte, is Charlotte affordable? Charlotte is uh, not the most affordable compared to other uh, North Carolina metro areas. But I would say, kind of looking at the whole 150, Charlotte definitely falls in uh, the more affordable half, I would say. Um, thinking offhand, 
but Charlotte also has seen a lot of population growth, which is part of our desirability. We want to make sure that, you know, we ask people if they would like to move there, but we also want to make sure people are acting on that desire. And so uh, Charlotte is one of those places that's seen a lot of population growth, and we're seeing a lot of people choosing to move there. And that is uh, definitely one aspect of it. Mm. Um, but in general, these places, uh, another one I would say, Boulder, Colorado is not considered most the most affordable. It is very hard to move there uh, if you're not making a lot of money. Um, but at the same time, the household income compared to the cost of living in Boulder uh, is a little bit more in proportion. People tend to make a little bit more money in Boulder but to say, Fayetteville, uh, Arkansas. And so that cost of living is offset a little bit. Of course, the threshold for being able to move into Boulder is a lot further for a lot of people to reach, which is a downfall of Boulder and probably one reason why it's not necessarily number one anymore. It has been number one in the past. That has often passed. It was, I think, number one three years in a row, but it's since fallen largely because that cost of living keeps rising. In terms of in that top 10, what do you think is the best investment in terms of appreciation of value in your, like, over time? Like, is there a place in that top 10 that you think hasn't really been overpopulated yet and the population is steadily rising and almost um, starting to speed up exponentially to a point where you think it's the better investment for someone looking to maybe um, buy a multifamily, get an FHA loan, live in it for a year? Um, and move out and sort of um, someone that's like interested in not necessarily staying there for good, like someone my age, like in their, in their twenties, I'm, I'm, I'm asking selfishly. Um, but yeah, what do you think is a good, a good place um, to invest that also has that, that, that happiness um, in, in, into play? Yeah, absolutely. I would definitely say in terms of kind of where you can definitely expect to see growth, um, I would say Charlotte, North Carolina, Raleigh and Durham, North Carolina, pretty much any of the North Carolina metro areas that make the list, but those are the two that make the top 10. Um, we're seeing a lot of population growth in North Carolina in general. And just by pure numbers, I think in terms of kind of the investment, if you're purchasing a property and hoping that the uh, the value increases and, and rents will increase, I would say those are relatively safe bets. Of course, I don't have a crystal ball, so I can't guarantee it. But um, And then also Huntsville, Alabama. It was our number one place last year. Um, and I are pretty close. Looking at the decimal points, uh, it was beaten out by Green Bay very closely. But Huntsville, Alabama is seeing a lot of growth in particular uh, because it has a lot of continued investment from the aerospace industry. Their job market continues to be stronger and stronger from year to year. And it's attracting a lot of high-paid individuals. Um, and so I don't know necessarily that only something like an apartment building is um, going to get those sky high rents that you would from somewhere, say, like San Jose or New York City. Uh, but uh, property values are definitely growing up. And so it'd be, it would be a good investment to think about making like luxury apartments because there's a lot of people making a good amount of money there. Okay. I was to ask about the job market because. Um, how, how much does that factor into your scores of the job market? Or do you simply just assume based on like increasing population that there will be more jobs there? 
Um, and then I, I do like what you just said about aerospace. So if you know um, what indus- like what industries are in any of the other top tens, I would be interested to to learn that. Yeah, um, the job market when it comes to how we weight it for our best places to live rankings, uh, it is weighted at nineteen percent of the overall score. Um, compare that, I guess, to for example, quality of life is thirty six percent. Largely, that's because there are so many more factors that go into that overall quality of life. Um, but job market is a little bit less than it used to be in previous years because the pandemic has changed a lot of people's priorities. A lot more people are able to work remotely than they were before. So it's weighted a little less heavily than it was in the past. But we know that people are still, of course, moving for work in a lot of situations. Um, and we look specifically at, for this job market score, uh, the monthly average unemployment rate over the course of a year, as well as the average annual salary. So those two factors, we want to make sure that people are getting paid well and they can feel at least somewhat secure in their job um, and don't have to worry about big layoffs. That's, of course, hard to do when we look forward and people might be expecting something like a recession or a mild recession even. But uh, we look at it over the course of a year so that you get kind of that ebb and flow of employment as well. Um, And when it comes to uh, places with solid job markets, Green Bay, it being number one, uh, I did dive a little bit deeper kind of in my research to learn a little bit more about the factors that uh, help make it be number one. I learned a lot about, uh, you know, of course, there are still Meatpacking, <laughs> the, the meatpacking industry is there, which the uh, the Green Bay Packers are named for. You still get, it is Wisconsin, so you still have uh, dairy companies that are, are located within the Green Bay city limits. Um, but you also have things like uh, shipping and logistics are a part of it because it's located on a Great Lake and uh, is relatively accessible to highways. Uh, you also have uh, the healthcare and insurance big there. And when it comes to job markets, we certainly see uh, places like New York City, Los Angeles, those major cities that have, you know, the probably highest paying jobs in the world. They always score well for job market um, because they have such a big variety of industries that they offer. But in smaller metro areas like Green Bay, like Huntsville, Alabama, uh, when they score well for a job market, it's because the Industries that they do have far fewer, but they're really strong. Um, I'm trying to remember which area it is. Unfortunately, it's the, the name of it is escaped my mind. But things like the insurance industry can, can have hubs, regional banking hubs for a metro area can give it a really strong product. Like that. Well, I'm curious, what goes into the quality of life um, piece? Yeah. Uh, pull it up so I don't miss one. Yeah. Quality of life. Uh, so we factor in, as I've mentioned before, things like quality of high school education, um, proximity and access to quality health care. And for both of those data points, we actually are able to look at other rankings that U.S. News and World Report puts out to help us out. So we look at uh, the best high school data from uh, from our best high school rankings. We look at best hospitals from our best hospitals rankings and kind of the proximity those metro areas are to those really high scoring uh, hospitals. We also look at air quality, which is based on the EPA's air quality index and how many patients are in the air, if it's safe to breathe most days, 
for people with asthma or severe allergy. We look at the average morning sleep time uh, in Washington, D.C. I want to say if we're not the longest morning commute, we're close to it. Um, so that's definitely a detractor, I would say, for, for Washington, D.C. We also look at uh, crime rates. So we look at from the FBI data, we look at property crime, violent crime, and murder relative to the population. But certainly that safety aspect, people feeling secure is, is one factor that people want to know about. And it doesn't necessarily mean a place can have high crime and people can still feel safe and vice versa. But we also know that people want that data, so we're always going to provide it. We also have incorporated new this year uh, the risk of and resilience to extreme weather events. So things like hurricanes or natural disasters like earthquakes. Uh, FEMA kind of calculates that information, what places are uh, at a high risk of something like a hurricane. So obviously places in Florida, maybe uh, the Gulf Coast are going to have a higher risk of natural disasters and extreme weather events, uh, but also how resilient. So some metro areas are able to, that are able to prepare, use different architectural styles or construction uh, quality to make sure that they're better able to withstand uh, severe weather events or natural disasters as opposed to others. And so that's what goes into that score as well. And then finally, we have uh, the well-being or happiness score, which comes from the Share Care Community Well-Being Index. And they go around the country asking people how they feel about where they live. Um, we ask, they ask about uh, their sense of community pride, their personal sense of security, uh, how they feel kind of from an economic standpoint, if they feel financially stable. Um, and that emotion aspect is certainly very important for a lot of people. Um, even more so, I would say, than a lot of the data points. Like I said, people can feel unsafe in a very, quote unquote, safe area. Um, and so that emotion aspect is better reflected in the well-being score. What part of those has the most weighting in this in this specific category? I know it's a very specific question, but that's okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want the hurricane one to be like the, the biggest fa- like the, or like the biggest factor, you know? Yeah, understandable. Um, looking at it all combined, I believe it looks like uh, total, because it is bro- broken out into three, um, the crime rates are in total the highest uh, because it's we're considering property crime rate, violent crime rate, and the murder rate. And so they're each kind of small, but combined, they, they get bigger. Yeah. Uh, and then we also have quality of education and uh, well-being are the next after that. I like that. Yeah, that's what I would have assumed the well-being one to be up there on the the waiting. Yeah, th- that's very entertaining. But what's like the next step with the best places to live? How long? Like, I guess give me a quick rundown of like how long you've been doing best places to live and what the the like future of it is. Like, what are you are you looking to put money into? Like, publicizing a little bit more. What's like what's what are the next steps with it? Or are you just kind of just going with the flow and doing it every year? Yeah, um, we've been doing it. I want to say this is the seventh year. Um, the first year that I was working at U.S. News and World Report was the first year of Best Places to Live. So uh, we, Best Places and I have been together for a long time. Um, but kind of what's next? We are always looking to grow and uh, improve our rankings. So that's something that we're doing annually, which is why you see stuff like the FEMA risk getting added. Uh, we've added weather temperateness to the desirability score. 
um, this year. And air quality was something that we added a couple of years ago. So we're always looking to uh, kind of recraft and provide better information and more thorough information for people. So that's always in consideration every year. We also originally started with only 100 metro areas that we were looking at. We've in increased to 150, and we're hoping to expand in the future. Um, availability of information gets a little bit trickier as metro areas get smaller. So that is uh, one hurdle we're, we're dealing with. But we're also looking to uh, expand the amount of information we're providing to people. So not just uh, the 150 most populous metro areas in the U.S. We want people to, at the very least, if it's not a part of the rankings, be able to find on our website more information, kind of similar profiles of each place so that people can look up the information and get a little blurb from a local writer um, about what it's like to live there. So if they have um, at least a base to start with, if they're considering moving to a place. I like that a lot. I think more people need to learn to, to know about this and it's very exciting stuff to me. And I'm curious if there's, um, like before we start to wrap up, is there any other um, real estate initiatives, like, for example, best places to live for investors or best places to live for um, someone in their 20s. Is there anything you plan to do or anything that you've done um, other than this in terms of real estate for U.S. World News? Absolutely. We do have um, in October every year, we come out with the best places to retire rankings, which are um, similar, uh, but factoring details that would apply to retirees, such as how social security gets taxed and things like that. Um, but then we also come out throughout the year with kind of smaller sub rankings, uh, looking at kind of pulling out specific priorities that people might have. Um, so we come out with things like best places to live for recent graduates or young professionals. So uh, kind of those people moving somewhere for the first time uh, out of college, uh, you know, looking to move somewhere. So they might be most worried about job market and affordability, uh, as well as probably some desirability factors because you don't want to announce to all your college friends that you're moving to a very tiny town <laughs> in a rural place. They won't want to move, or they might. So uh, you know what college you um, But then uh, we also look at like best places to live for families, best places to live for single people. Um, and it, a lot of that is kind of looking at the information we have because we have thousands of data points. Um, and we want to be able to provide it in different ways for those people who do have different priorities. The overall best places to live rankings are meant to find the places that would meet the most people's needs. But of course, we know that everyone has, has different needs and wants. And so being able to repackage it um, and provide it in different ways, uh, we find to be particularly helpful for people. There are also, um, we have, you know, we look at different Places that are, of course, very large states in the US, California, Florida, Texas have a lot of metro areas uh, on our rankings. So we'll also kind of boil those down. If you've decided that you want to live in Texas, you can look at the best places to live in Texas. You don't have to sort through the Green Bay, Wisconsin, because that doesn't qualify in your list. So. I love that. I, I'm super happy that you're doing all the different pieces of it. Like, for example, for recent graduates, like you got to put affordability weighted a little bit more and desirability weighted more. This is a great resources resource for anyone, even people looking for to retire or any of that. And I and I don't know, I'm, I'm fascinated and I love it. Um is there is there anything else you'd like to add before we go? I guess if there isn't, let me know and then I have one last question for you. Yeah, I would just encourage people to check out our real estate content in addition to the best places to live 
information because we also have great uh, resources like articles that talk about how to vet a neighborhood before you move somewhere. It's really hard to move to a new city, to a new state, to a new part of the country. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're helping you every step of the way in, in different forms. So definitely check out realestate.usnews.com. Thank you. You just search up realestate.usnews.com. Wait, what is it again? realestate.usnews.com. realestate.usnews.com. I'm going to use it as a resources, resource myself. Just going to search that up and then whatever I'm looking for, whether it's a place to invest or what have you. Thank you again for being on the podcast. Um, my last question to you is, are you happy and why? I am happy. I would say definitely life is not perfect, but overall, um, I get to talk about stuff that I love talking about every day. Um, I have a baby girl who is growing every day and uh, brings new enjoyment into my life that I couldn't have imagined, I don't think, uh, before having a kid. And so uh, overall, there are definitely challenges, but it, it makes every day worth it. So I'm very happy. Good. I'm glad. That's I love the answer. And that's a common thread between a lot of the happiest people in the world that we've met is family. Um, it's a very important piece. And I guess that's probably something that ties into the best places to live as well. Is, is, I mean, it definitely does in terms of the weighting of like people um, like for education um, and like the crime rates and all of that. So yeah, that's the common thread of between happy people, but also just super important, um, like when considering where to live. Um, yeah, so it's been very nice talking to you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. And if you want, before we go, just let people know again how to see, um, how to find your content um, or on social media or on, or like on the internet, um, whether it's the company or you, like you can say both or just, just the company, whatever you're comfortable with. Great. Thank you. Uh, again, you can find our content at realestate.usnews.com. You can also reach out to me on Twitter at Devin Thorsby or find me on LinkedIn. I'm Devin Thorsby there as well. Um, I also encourage you to check out any of the US News social media accounts. We're on anything you can imagine. We're on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, everywhere. Because um, there you'll get not just uh, the advice about real estate, um, and best places to live, but all of the information that we're putting out, a lot of consumer advice, and a lot of great rankings as well. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to learn this new thing, this new resource that I now have. I'm very excited about it. I'm going to share it with my friends and honestly use it a lot because I'm looking for a new place to live right now. So yes, thank you so much again for being on the podcast and appreciate your time. Thank you.